embark on a journey into the unknown, where two or more are gathered to discuss what you are afraid of. This is Nigel the Goat speaking, along with your host, Davey Wavy, and we welcome you to the Red Pill Cartel Podcast, where crazy feels like home. What's up, Cartel? Davey Wavy coming back at you with episode 120 of the Red Pill Cartel podcast. I just wanted to give my uh, friend and ex-manager from where I work, uh, Mr. Brooke Trafton, a huge shout-out and congratulations for selling the One Ring card from Magic the Gathering to Mr. Post Malone. And uh, I wanted to get him on the podcast. He told me he has to uh, refer to his PR team now. So maybe in the future I could get him on. Brooke, if you're listening, I love you, man. And uh, two and some two point something more million dollars richer than you were. And I'm super fucking happy for you, man. Uh, couldn't have happened to a better guy. This guy saved my ass one time at work, and, uh, you know, he's a fucking awesome human being. But, uh, with that being said, um, I have the lovely Whitney Fox coming back here from episode 54. If you want to go listen to that episode again, uh, you can do so before you listen to this one. But she came back on and we talked a lot about different stuff, uh, including, you know, COVID and all that nonsense and uh, a lot of spiritual talk. And also the reason why I got her on the podcast in the first place is like over an hour into the episode, which is about uh, lucid and vivid dreaming. Uh, the dreams that I've had, I wanted to ask her about how, like, she would analyze them. And she pretty much nailed uh, the analyzation of the dreams that I've had. And I've had them, like, years ago, but I still remember them very vividly. But, um, yeah, Whitney Fox, she came back, she saw, she conquered, you know... And uh, I love you, Whitney, and thank you so much for coming back on. And Cartel, you know what you got to do to enjoy this episode, right? Yeah, you got to sit back, relax, smoke a couple dubs, drink a few beers, and uh, like I said before, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Cartel. This is episode 120, and I have a returning guest from episode, way back uh, on, from episode 54. Uh, you might know her from other podcasts as well, or mine, but uh, welcome back, Whitney Fox. How are you? I'm great, Davey Wavy. I'm happy hey. to be back with you. Thanks awesome. for hooking this up. Yeah, I'm trying to get more um, past guests on because, like, like, 
our epi- your episode that you were on before was awesome. Like I, I still remember how wild it was. We we started on one thing and we ended up going into like pornography and sexuality and stuff. So it was pretty wild. Yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. But then, yeah, I heard you on like several other podcasts too. And I was like, yeah, she's fucking awesome. Oh, so. well, right back at you, man. Thank you. So um, for those of, um, for the people that don't know who you are, what it is you do, let them refresh their memory if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, my name is Whitney Fox and I am a practicing medium, but I am also an artist. So I've, I wear a couple of different caps, um, professional artist. And uh, also uh, quite the metaphysical experiencer, at least here and there, not daily, but you know, I'm, I'm no spring chicken anymore. So through my life, there's been periods of all manners of wackiness. And then also I'm a seeker. So I've been curious about lots of different modalities, be it plant medicines or uh, deep meditation and um, practicing out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming. And then I've also, you know, found myself confronted with some, you know, uh, dark stuff. So I've had to kind of um, really do an investigation on what, what the nature of that kind of thing really is. So um, that that's it in a small little nutshell. Okay. So um, you were, you mentioned dark stuff. What kind of dark stuff have you, uh, why is it always like the darkness is so attractive to people? Even like Mm. normies, like normies and atheists and shit. Like they're all about like, you know, like, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Nightmare before Christmas or, evil satanic imagery and stuff like that like yeah i don't know yeah uh i think there there was a time especially early as when i was first when i studied art in college and and then you know early on a lot of the work i did i was just attracted to uh dark imagery dark stuff um and first of all it's sort of like um you know, like actors say that playing a dark character is the easiest as opposed, as opposed to like a comedic character um, because it's, it's kind of the cheap thrill. You know, you can get, pe- you can get a reaction uh, from the dark stuff. And, you know, what is that? The dark side, the shadow side of humanity or, or our psyches or whatever. So you can get a rise out of people a little easier. Not only that, but like also... <laughs> it allows an actor to really kind of uh, get in touch with their dark side, which is pretty attractive to some people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it's always interesting to me to see like a comedic actor do a dark part. Um, Jim Carrey's good at that shit. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, That, that kind of thing. Um, But comedic acting, I'm not an actor and I'm not trying to, you know, but I have heard that, that comedic is the hardest to get, to get people to laugh, to get to hit the other side of the psyche is much harder. Um, So anyway, dark experiences, um, when I was first exposed to them, I guess was as a child, I had night terrors, uh, very regularly walked in my sleep, talked to my sleep, had night terrors, all of that kind of thing. So um, what I have come to believe or think or 
what I've tossed around because I try not to like be too stuck in any stringent um, answer because, you know, I change my mind all the time. I, I learn more stuff and I change my mind again. What Where I'm at now is I believe that that early stuff was really a bit of, or not a bit, but was uh, early signs of a shamanic awakening, having sensitivities to various other energies. Um, and then because later, yeah, you know, I had very intense, I'm not sure if we talked about it before, but I had a very a dramatic and, and intense UFO encounter. And then possibly what might've been a lifetime of some sort of visits from, you know, uh, other energies, um, the night terrors, they continued all the way into adulthood and through a great part of my adulthood. And when I was working on studying things like out of body and lucid dreaming and stuff, I uh, learned in the dreamscape to essentially take my power back. And this was some time ago. There weren't really people talking about this kind of thing. At least they weren't currently talking about it. This kind of thing has been talked about for millennia. It's just it wasn't um, present in our popular zeitgeist to talk about, you know, night attacks and um, incubus and succubus. And probably been like I, over the year, over the years I've been alive, uh, when I've told people I've traveled outside of my body, they looked at me like I was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. when I, I still tell people that, and, and I say it like it's normal for me, right? Because it is. Like it's, it's, I've done it several times, um, both willingly and unwillingly. Right. Same. But, um, yeah, when I tell people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've traveled outside of my body. They're like, oh, most people now get are fascinated when I when I say it and they want to hear the details, right? Yeah, because I think we're in a, a time of shifting and more uh, people seeking understanding what consciousness is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just like you back, you know, like I said, I'm no spring chicken. So back in the call it the nineties, I'd say things like this and people thought I was out of my mind, you know, what, I, what do I care? You know, it, mm -hmm. it was me and uh, your dreams. I mean, oh, that's just a crazy dream. Yeah. That doesn't, what is a dream? It's, you know, so what is a, like, like an altered state of consciousness? What is that? Is it another dimension? Is it, are these energies, what are these, you know, like right. we have this sort of uh, gaslighting in our culture that, oh, those things that you do at night, you know, when you're like in a rowboat with your boss and, you know, then your grandma rides up on a horse, you know, like, like <laughs> or whatever, um, you know, we've just always been told that that's crazy and it's just your subconscious refiling various things. I've never believed that. that. That's why I've always been interested when people talk about their dreams. I think it says so much about, sure, it says things about your subconscious, but what is your subconscious and how does it relate to this actual dualistic 3D quote consensus reality we're all walking around in it, it, how, who is anybody to say that it's not relevant to what what's happening here now in this exact moment so um and the thing is too we like science has not been able to explain either consciousness or the subconsciousness 
yeah, trust the science, right? Yeah. The science as the arbiter of the truth. I yeah, mean, we know we, how that went the past few years, right? Yeah, we know how it's always gone, especially when we're talking about things that we experience. One, um, of, my, one of my favorite um, bands from the new metal era, from the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, they're called Seven Dust, and they just came out with a new album, and I'm like, what? looking at their stuff on Instagram. And the guitarist put out this fucking post the other day, and it said, this has never happened before, but I, I need to apologize to the fans. Uh, I've never ever missed a show, and they've been they've been around since like the mid mid to late nineties. And he said, "I never ever missed a show, but I had to miss last night and today because I've come in contact with somebody with COVID, and I didn't want to endanger the band." And I was just like, "Dave, please restrain yourself from posting." on this post right because i'm yeah, I'm yeah. Wow. playing the fucking game and all the fans are like good for you you're a hero this shit you know just to bitch fest a tiny bit right back at you is my neighbor texted me about something unrelated and said that her husband had covid but he doesn't have any symptoms i'm like <laughs> no Okay. That means he doesn't. He's not sick. Okay. That means he did the he did the fake ass fucking exactly. swab test God. and got a fake ass positive reading. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not doing this again. Oh shit! Yeah. No, but I hear you. Oh, and you're. I don't know if you can hear, it, but the wind is really strong right now. Oh wow! I yeah, it's like, holy shit. Wow, I hope it settles down. Sorry, yeah. audience. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it is, is the gods are pissed about this freaking COVID thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, get over it. It doesn't even exist. I, Watching yeah, it cancel end, baby. <laughs> so, okay, so where were we? Uh, dreams, um, yeah, subconscious. I think your question was about, like, why are we attracted to the dark? The dark? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So what I was just going to add which is a huge topic but um i do think that when we get when we open ourselves up psychically we can attract parasites or pa dark passengers and like i do believe on some level that addictions are we're we're are being directed by dark passengers and and in my like the short version is you keep your vibration high those passengers don't it's not a comfortable place. It's not a comfortable frequency for them to. For receive. them, right. yeah, yeah. So if you, I, if you keep your vibration high, whether it's uh, singing in the car or dancing or going to church or whatever it is that makes you feel higher vibration, those dark, uh, those dark, um, you know, monkeys on your back, uh, that it's it's not comfortable there. So. Uh, and I don't think we necessarily talk about that kind of thing much. Although if you No, we don't. Um, and I'm going to go back again to, to um, heavy metal music. Um, a lot of these uh, artists are very in touch with themselves and they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing without uh, staying positive and high on a high vibration, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the whole sex, drugs and rock and roll thing. There's many artists that have been that have 
kill themselves because of like hard drugs and all that stuff. But for the most part, the, the, the big artists out there that make the best music in, in heavy metal are just, they eat right. So they can travel, they can clean, they, uh, they got on stage, they kill it. And for the most part, the lyrics, lyrically, they're, not all of them are satanic, but a lot of them are very just like self-empowering lyrics. And that's right. what I love about metal because it pumps me up. It uh, right. There's actually studies out there too that people who listen to heavy metal are more relaxed. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, Down some there. of it is very, very uh, sophisticated music. Like, mm-hmm. I've said on other shows, because I'm of the era that I've, I've always been a huge Tool fan, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, Maynard and Danny, I feel like they have taken the dark and fought back, you know? Right, like, right. Seen the dark side and been like, we, this doesn't control us, we control it kind of thing. With, you know, it, you know, if you do a deep dive on that band, you know, with... Um, you know, with the Ordo Templi Orientis and, you know, some Crowley connections and stuff. Um, I, I tend to think that it was to fight fire with fire. Just if you listen, yeah. you go deep on, on those lyrics and those uh, time signatures and Fibonacci sequence and, you know, that kind of thing. That music is, uh, it's deep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think they're, you know, because of the fact that they're into the occult, I don't think they're bad people, you know, at all. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the problem that people have, like, like Christians tend to look at that stuff and automatically demonize it. Right. Right. It, that's oversimplifying it in my mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is like, I, I, I'm a researcher of the occult. Does it make me right. a fucking bad person? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I just don't understand the whole demonization of everything instantaneously. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just think that it's, well, I mean, I don't want to sound condescending, but I, I think there's a, there's a simplicity to uh to just writing it off, off as good and evil. Like anything yeah. that is occult is, I mean, occult just means occulted, unseen, or- hey, Or like, uh, you know, esoteric or, yeah, like secret, secretive. Secret, right? Yeah. So, you know, with that said though, like I'm a big, I'm a big believer in Christ and the light of Christ and the power in that name. And, Me uh, too. But, but I don't I label also, myself as a Christian either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I also think that that uh, that is oversimplified. You know, when we're talking the light of Christ, that's that's infinite. So yeah, it's deep. Nothing, it's deep. It's deep. So to just say to flippantly say I'm a Christian, so I can't listen to Tool or something like right, that. right. Um, I, 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 you know, it's got its place and it's got its um part of the population. It's uh, I need more than that. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta always gotta dive deeper and see what the deeper meaning is. And the, um, you know, what, like, because all of those things, there's always a deeper level. There's always a deeper level to the occult. There's, you know, if you look at people like Steiner, Rudolf Steiner, the writings of Steiner are, are considered very occult. And yet, uh, what a genius on every level, on every topic. 
So if, if I, you know, belonged, let's say to a church that I would get ousted from, for re from reading Steiner, then, you know, uh, that, that's not a church that's necessarily uh, perpetuating growth or the, lo or the love of Christ. Uh, right, right, right. So the, no, you're uh, you're looking into something that we cannot question. Therefore, you are no no longer part of our cult, which is just a control system. Correct. Exactly. I think I think a lot of people. But you know, bl calling all blanket statement all Christianity is a control system. I can't go there either. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I don't call myself a Christian for that reason, but I do call myself a lover of Christ. Yes, a deep believer. I have my own deep relationship because it's I've had downright paranormal experiences and one deep one with the plant medicines where, you know, I I was with that energy. And, you know, I, where do I put that in my mind? I just say, well, if 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 it's not if I can't call it Christ or a relationship with Jesus or a one on one meeting, then I can call the presence, of, I can call it the presence of the deepest love and unconditional love I've ever felt. So really, what's the difference? You know, we, we, call, yeah. it, we call it love, but, you know, I've had the personal experience with my own two eyes, my third eye, the whole thing. And nobody's, nobody's taking that away from me. No one can tell me it didn't happen. <laughs> so, you know, perhaps that's what a true relationship with Christ is. It's very personal. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it, it is, yeah, and I think um, that's what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, like <sighs> I've I've seen people <clears throat> like when I was uh, really researching the Bible very heavily and becoming very dogmatic because I lost myself at one point and I was trying to find something again, right? Um, just through like getting off of an SSR, like a heavy SSRI oh, wow. and then having like a brain injury from it. And then kind of trying to find myself again through spirituality, through Christianity, through the Bible, all that stuff. And then I met all these people on Facebook and one in particular was this lady. I don't recall her name, but she was like totally preaching. Like you're, you cannot listen to these things anymore. You can't do these things anymore. And she just looked absolutely fucking miserable. Mm, yeah. Like no, no smile on her face, no nothing. And I was like, there's something wrong about these, these people. Right. 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 Like they've got it, a dark passenger. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that God gave us a life to enjoy and not just like, oversimplify things and demonize everything in our, in our, in the world, you know, and obey, 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 because that's, that's what's going to get you into heaven and not, uh, you know, living your best life. Yeah, Talk, <laughs> talk about a cult. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, for some reason going through this whole, you know, crazy couple of years we've been through, it's, it's been, it's never been more obvious to me that that people find their own spirituality and value in the thoughts of others. I've never seen any. I've, it's never hit us so hard in the face. Where 
where, you know, I had a friend say to me, I was like, why, why are some people, you know, in this similar conversation as we're having, uh, why are people like that? Why do people do that? And they said to me, well, some people don't actually have an inner dialogue. And I've had to like, you know, uh, I sort the of- N The NPCs. I, yeah, I, I kind of blew the comment off because I was like, I need to do a little deeper thinking on that. Like, is there people really walking around even people I know, like my 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 neighbor, come on, you know, you're you've got COVID with no symptoms, so you're gonna stay at home for ten days, and you know, um, is that guy is he like when he's thinking, what is he thinking? Like, is he sitting in 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 his house going, like, what's going on in the world, or just is he perfectly satisfied to be like, nope, the world told me that this is the way this is, the government says yeah. this way. That blows my mind. I mean, I can't really get my head around that, that there's a part of the population. And those of us that do have, let's just call it an inner dialogue or that are the, uh, I heard, I saw a meme the other day that uh, it was like conspiracy theorists are just um, uh, dot connecting specialists or, you know, something, to, something to that effect. And so us dot connectors, um, are, are the dot connectors and the NPCs, are we going to bifurcate as a culture? Because mm. moving year, you like, let's extrapolate that out to like a decade from now. Are we still going to even be able to relate or on the same frequency at all? I, I wonder. I just. Okay. This is this is why the whole um, 5D, like the fi fifth dimensional, you right. know, the, how everybody was supposed to shift into the fifth dimension. Yeah. That's what makes me think that that is going to happen because we're on a completely different fucking frequency than any, but like all the people that are, have no dialogue, inner dialogue, right? So that was, that's what separates the wheat and the chaff, right? Like it says in the Bible, it says like the, in the end times, there, there will be a separation, right? Right. Uh, and it all makes sense. Like all the holy books make sense. And I think the, all the holy books as a conglomerate is actually the truth. Um, exactly. You yep. can't just say like Christianity is the only way. Like that's the shit that starts wars, right? Right. So if you take a step outside of the box and look at all the holy texts as one, it all has the same fucking message uh, as to what mm -hmm. where we're at and where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was, I was at a Hindu funeral the other day. Oh, wow. I was fucking crying when, when the uh, pandit was speaking. The pandit is the, 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 the priest, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was crying just out of pure joy at a funeral because yeah. of his yeah. words. Like, this is, like, he's speaking about He's speaking truth too, you know? Yeah. And I feel it in my soul. It was amazing. And the music they were playing was absolutely beautiful. And me and my dad were like the only white people there. It was hilarious. <laughs> because uh, the, the woman who passed was a good friend of ours, mother. And we all called her granny. And uh, yeah, and they're all like Guyanese people, right? But they're all Hindu, right? But it was just a beautiful, it was such a beautiful experience. And I walked by the other pandit while he was sitting, because I had to leave. 
And I, I tapped him on the shoulder and I, and I said, namaste. And he looked at me like with wide eyes and he gave me the prayer hands. Uh-huh. He said, stay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, white guy say that, right? I, uh, attended a Hindu uh, wedding in Nepal in 2015. Um, A thousand people attended this wedding and my kids and my husband and I were the only white people there. So the Hindus, they, they're connected to something that we don't really understand um, in the West. It was a, it was a week long and the um, you know, the first part of this wedding, we went and visited a temple um, on the Ganges and watched um, bodies being cremated right on the Ganges. It was, you know, with the sa- the sadhus, uh, the holy men praying, and uh, you know how I found myself there. You know, it's I have no idea. But just like with you, there is no. I don't believe that there is any coincidences or mistakes. You were you right. were meant to attend that. You were meant to witness. Um, I was meant to, I, you know, I still kind of look back. I'm like, well, how'd that happen? You know, <laughs> how'd I find myself yeah. in Nepal witnessing that for an entire week and um, w- watching how these whole, these holy events that have been happening for thousands of years uh, the same way. And, you know, what do they care from, for our, you know, our bullshit masks and our, you know, COVID protocols and, <laughs> You know, right, right. Um, all, all of all of that kind of thing. Um, and how dare anybody would say, with their blinders on, how dare anybody would say that what they're doing is wrong? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm, it just blows my fucking brain. I'm like, dude. <clears throat> every, all these people, like, I, I I say to people all the time, I'm like, religion, the actual control is an actual control mechanism. You can find the creator through religion, right? But the creator is completely separate from religion. Yeah, which is why I kind of made the comment of like it's so personal. I mean, you—it's very personal community. In that, it's just human beings in this dualistic uh, realm. Uh, there's always it's always got to be one or the other. It's the it's the here, the there, and 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 we forget about the in between. And the in between is where the infinite lies. You know, it's either black or white. You know, but the gray <clears throat> is is where we need to where we are called to seek the infinite. Uh, is the which is the place that's not in duality. You are one with one with the creator. Right. So we don't even have the language to to talk about. do you, do you think that the creator is all encompassing light or does he have darkness in himself as well you'd have to have if he's infinite and we're saying he of course you know let's I, i'm totally down with calling uh the creator a he i have no problem but he would have to have the dark if he's created all Mm-hmm. And, and so, but okay. So, I'll tell you just a really quick little story. Um, I I had mentioned that uh, I've uh, had been a pretty deep seeker with um, a lot of plant medicines, a lot of ayahuasca, many ceremonies as a shaman that I work very closely with, and um, deep experience for several years. So you tripping balls, eh? <laughs> Say again. Yeah. I said you've been tripping balls, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and and let me say that just side note on that. Um 
uh, with the entheogens, the plant medicines and stuff, anyone that has experienced those knows that th those frequencies and those realms are more real than here. So it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it, if you haven't done those to say, oh, she was just tripping or dreaming or whatever, those realms are absolutely real. Come back here. Yeah. It's like, easy to shrug it. It's easy yeah. to like label somebody as like a druggie or something when they're, right. when they're taking psychedelic trips. Right. Yeah. And but it's like, no, you're doing it for the experience. You're not doing it because you're addicted to it. You're well, fighting. Yeah shadow you're doing shadow work when you're when you're in that realm right exactly exactly <laughs> so i mean not, which isn't to say that everybody that experiences psychedelics is is doing that that's what i was doing though it wasn't escapist it was expansive so yes exactly yeah uh, that whole thing many many lessons learned many key lots of healing and stuff but what i was going to say is after I mean, I'm, I'm talking hundreds of ceremonies so um, and many learning experiences. And it was a, a, a let's just call it a lifestyle, like initiations and many, many, many things. And like I said, I learned so much about all of the uh, uh, all of the tenets of um, the virtues and, and the sins, you know, and all. so essentially they are very much like if you've ever heard anyone talk about near-death experiences, um, it's very much like that. Uh, so what I had done last summer was I decided that I had come across or came across my way of length to do a uh, Bufo Frog DMT ceremony. And so uh, I <laughs> did with a priestess and it, it, you know, I had an extremely deep experience. And so I think because of all of the other plant medicine experience, um, when I took the first dose, <clears throat> I took the, what she typically gives uh, women, which uh, was uh, like a 60 milligram hit. She usually gives uh, men an 80 milligram. And so um, I took my 60 and did not feel much. And she Do you smoke it? Yeah, you smoke it. It's okay, yeah. yeah. And um I have fo I followed all the instructions and I had a body sitter and the whole thing and um and I felt, you know, I just felt somewhat lightheaded, but I and maybe some visuals, but my eyes were open and I was not I was not out. I wasn't you didn't break all through to the yeah. Exactly. So she came around and she saw my eyes were open and she goes, oh, oh, what are you still doing here? Um, you know, and she goes, do you want a booster? And so I said, OK. And she goes, well, I'm going to give you another 40. So essentially it was 100 milligram. Um, and so the, uh -oh. the way the protocol <laughs> goes is you uh, sip, you take it through what is essentially like a straw and you draw it very, very slowly and take it in as deep as you possibly can. Right. So I followed the instructions and I did that. And I had uh, a, an experience that was uh, it was a near death experience. So went through the tunnel, uh, had a, a, a communion essentially with what were uh, guides, angels, that kind of thing took me directly to what I perceived as the creator and to try and bring that experience back and explain it in English or impossible. any impossible. But what I can say is having a uh, communion with uh, a presence, an intelligence that is all of the infinite, um, 
yes, the light, the dark, the here, the there, the everywhere, and then beyond. Like our brain, I could not bring back that knowledge or that experience and and hold it in my little earthly brain. Right. So, uh, but what I can say is that it was beyond my compa- my capacity to understand. It's beyond our capacity to understand. So, so with all of the things that we do here, the the the, the people on this planet with our little brains and our little capacity to understand something so uh, magnificent and grand, we do the best we can with our various things, you know, the, the monks in Tibet and the, you know, the, the, the true, uh, holy people in Nepal or, or, you know, anybody you, you, you know, we've, we all have known deeply religious and, and, um, people of faith we do the best we can, you know, with meditation and all of the things we sort of talked about before with our dreams and our out of body and blah, blah, blah. But that that's for here. That's for these little, our, our little experiences here as pieces of that divine intelligence. That's what we are. We're pieces of that infinite uh, divine intelligence. Yes. It's just like how people say, and I say it all the time, um, it's in my belief that <clears throat> we are all divine beings and that we are all a fractal of God and exactly. we're all we're, we are all God in a sense we're not God himself but we are a piece of God having a or we are God having a human experience just exactly. like Jesus. yes exactly so it's if like you Jesus did right say uh, you know the God uh, or the divine intelligence if you know that God is, you know, you're, you can't get with that label. Um, if it's the, an, an infinite ocean, we are all drops from that yeah. sea, right? And so- I think I think the, the reason why um, the Bible describes it as, you know, we are in a fallen state. Right. It's because we're not, we're not like this is, yeah, this is what it is. Yes, we are in a fallen state. And we can only experience the divine through these practices. Right. Yeah. And that's, exa- that's where we belong um, right. is in eternity. We are eternal beings. Like when you, when you did DMT, tell me you didn't, you tell me that did not feel like you were uh, in eternity at that moment. Oh, 100%. I mean, it right. was. And it, well, I, I don't have well. DMT to know that. Because I already have enough faith to know that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is faith, right? And for me, because I've always been a seeker, that's why I have done those the those what sounds like very extreme experiences. Because my seeking, I needed to see with my own eyes. I needed to see with my own experience. I couldn't have a guy in a pulpit telling me this is what God is, right? So exactly. Yeah. What I what I did. We were talking about the Hindus, right? What, what I, as I was coming back, because I, it took me quite, I mean, there was no time there, right? This experience in earthly uh, uh, time only lasts about 20 minutes. It was about a thousand years while I was there though. And not <laughs> a thousand years that was uh, uncomfortable. It was, it was a communion with this divine, right? But as I was starting to come back through the tunnel and back down, um, I started to get a little bit of awareness of my individuality or let's just call it my ego or of the, of this experience. Um, 
I looked back and I said, so what can I take back? Get, send me back with something. And so I uh, saw the, the sacred geometry uh, Hindu symbol called the Sri Yantra. So um, if you don't know what the Sri Yantra is, it's you, when you look it up, you'll see it and you'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah. And so so then uh, I, I was able to hang on to that. And so I've thought, well, these deep the sadhus and these deep uh, meditators I, I, that this is where this symbol came from is when you're in that um, realm of non-duality and you've re you're really getting close, which you can get to those states with meditation. I, I've done what? that. Myself? What you're talking about, the Sri Antra, is basic. It's basically the Star of David. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other rabbit hole we could dive down. You know. Um, uh, Israel hijacked it. Uh, it, it what, yeah, and what? Yeah, that's a that's a whole other show right there. To talk about, um, you know, wh what is hijacking? What is secret knowledge? What is, you know. Who, who gets this secret knowledge and why and the control systems and the whole whole thing, which is another reason why I had to find, I had to see this for myself. Um, so then the last part of that uh, experience was, I was, let's call it three quarters of the way back. And I felt like I had someone with me, uh, someone, you know, essentially like hand on my shoulder, guiding me back in. And so then I, you know, open open my eyes and my body sitter was sitting right there. And I go, holy shit, dude, you were with me, weren't you? And he goes, yep, I went and I got you and brought you back. And so, wow. yeah, it was. And so, you know, I've it's, like he's, it's like he's pulling your soul back into your body. Yeah. And he had taken a, holy shit. he had taken a small dose, uh, way smaller than mine. And he had never done that as a body sitter. He just felt the inspiration to do that, to see what he, would see while he was, because he was sitting up, I was laying down and, and, um, completely out of my body for sure. He was, he was stayed in his body, but in his mind, he went and met me partway back. And so then we talked about it after and he's like, that completely blew my mind. And he, um, I don't have his full name on me right now. His name is Matt, but, um, he's was in the process of putting, starting a, to make a documentary about, uh, the whole, uh, what they're doing, that whole subculture and that whole experience and stuff. And, and honestly, after all of the other, uh, ceremonies and plant medicines and all this stuff, I, you know, and I've got a lot of friends in those worlds and stuff. And, and, uh, honestly, I haven't had the desire to, pursue that anymore it was like what else right right you know now yeah yeah so knowing that that's a dimension a frequency of zone yep. in the world so are dreams you know to, to bring it back to what we uh, initially started with is there many dmt frequencies or zones yeah realms. it's funny so, because growing up when i did acid for the lsd for the first time uh, without even touching marijuana when I was like 13 or 14, uh, I didn't need to do any of all, any of that stuff anymore. It was the only time I ever did it. And I was like, okay. It's just, it just made me, yeah, it just made me be like, like I wasn't breaking through to, to like another dimension or anything, but it, it really did help me know that. Okay. Uh, there is something else in this reality, you know, Right, and that part of my awakening process was just doing that one 
tab of acid. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do, we could talk a lot about that topic. I think the, I, I believe the reason that I was, you know, taken right to the big guy was uh, because I had done so much healing with the ayahuasca ceremonies because I was, I was at a bad place in my life when I first started doing those. And so I had to learn about, you know, uh, I had to learn about a lot about myself, about my own shadow. So by the time I, you know, went to go do this experience, you know, she had, the priestess had said, you know, some people have a, a wild ride and a terrible time. And then other people are just like baby Buddhas, uh, you know, going through that. And, and I think that my baby Buddha appearance, at least on the outside and, and experience was in great, uh, in great, um, just drawing a blanket in great credit to all of the previous work that I'd done. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why it's kind of hard to say, would you recommend that? I mean, I don't know. I can't recommend any of those things. If you, if anybody feels called, then do it. If you don't feel called, don't do it for the wrong reasons. Cause that's right. Like yeah. with you, 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 maybe you don't need it. You can get there. Get, maybe you're already there. Uh, maybe just, you know, stop worrying about it. Enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, do what I did, try it all, you know, <laughs> you know, a little this, a little that, see what makes the great soup of, of enlightenment um, for you. It's different for everybody. It That's definitely cool. is. It's like uh, I've had a, um, find sorry, Christ in the occult. You never know. It, yeah, um, absolutely. You, you know, are your own shaman, though. I will say that. You know, you, if you're listening to somebody else, then you're just a member of a cult. It's just another cult. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. It's like people that listen to my show, it's like I kind of feel like I'm a bit of a cult leader. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't like fucking tell people what to do. That's 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 what cult leaders do. Right. Right. But like right. we're all kind of we're all really kind of cult leaders in our own kind of way because like everybody has followers now on social media. Right. right? So it's like, that's, that makes me feel like everybody's a fucking cult leader. Well, so it's so a, shaman weird. That I, a shaman I worked with uh, who passed away and who was like, he was just a really smart and really, he was the real deal. Um, you know, someone asked him one night, you know, what, what does it take to be a good shaman? And essentially it's, what is it to what is it how was it what is it to be a good leader you could say a good coach a good whatever and it's to have power over no one else simply bring the information and let others uh find it in themselves right so i, I mean it's i teach art and so it's the same it's like i i you know i can show you how to mix a flesh tone but essentially you can't teach somebody creativity you can just help them bring it out in themselves so right. I think that's true with teaching anything. If we have all of the knowledge inside, it's we have guides, good coaches um, like that. So um, have power over no one. And so in your position, it's you're just bringing information, you're bringing knowledge, you're helping enlighten people and that people that vibe with your frequency, then um, they're finding it in themselves. They're finding the knowledge within themselves and you're just Very helping. True. Yeah right it's really creepy though is like corporations and shit like um businesses corporations all that kind of stuff 
they all have this thing where all their employees have to follow their orders and everything. So I, I, I honestly believe that corporations are, they, they have like uh, cult mentalities and the way that they manage their employees. It's like, if you don't fit in with what they're doing and you don't agree with what they're doing, but you still work there, they attack you. Right. But like, if you're like, all all on board, like, oh yeah, I, I'll I'll rat on my coworkers so I can get higher up on the rungs of the ladder, right? It's like it's really disgusting behavior to me, and that's probably why I don't really fit in so well where I work. But um, well, yeah, um, who who? Well, this is the Great Reset, essentially right with a social credit score and um i mean it's a it's micro versions of that um and we've slowly but surely been you know boiling frogs into the this is the lifestyle you've got your corporate cubicle and this is you know you've got your retirement and you know you've you've got the you know 2.5 kids and and this is the american dream and there's a lot of us that just uh you know, I mean, I think it never was more obvious than when the clot shot came around mm-hmm. that you must conform, you must obey. Um, and, you know, to, wa- to watch uh, it crumbling. I mean, the, the whole American, quote, American dream of that is literally crumbling in front of our eyes. People are waking up in mass numbers. My my poor neighbor that's probably wearing a mask <coughs> himself, <laughs> you know, bro. <laughs> like, Taking a shower with a fucking mask on. <laughs> and yeah, on his nude, right? He's got a mask on his crotch, so a fucking he's going to go up his pee hole. Like, it's crazy. People yeah, are still yeah. masked. Uh, it's it's wild. It's really what wild. What are you doing, dude? And that's why I go back to the seven, the the band Seven Dust, the with the guitarist. He's like, I had to not for the first time in years or ever for the first time ever. I couldn't be on stage, and it's like, yeah, you gotta never existed. What are you talking about? This is look. This whole thing is over with. You got to wonder who's writing his paycheck or, you know, or what they've got on him. Sort of like, uh, you know, uh, used to love Rage Against the Machine. And then they're just rage for the machine now. So because they're someone's, you know, they're someone's paying them to be, a you know, a deep state shill. So um, what, you know, like bands that I guess maybe that's why I could say I still love Tool, you know, like yeah. that last record. Fear inoculum. I feel like they knew what was coming. You know, just gotta yeah. But Maynard's Maynard has been on Joe Rogan talking about like anti-vaxxers being idiots too. Yeah. So I wonder. You gotta wonder. Oh, pissed me off too. I was like, oh man, really? And then fucking Gene Simmons. Like I've always loved Kiss. I was a huge know, kid sad. life, and it's like they're fucking people who uh, refuse to take the vaccine are evil. And I'm like, dude, you dress up like a fucking demon for 50 fucking years. What are you talking about? You fuck like how many fucking women? Yeah, and what's wrong with that tongue, like, bro? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so there is a whole other, uh, not, it, 
not even like defending any either one of those people for that whole anti-vaxxer thing but sometimes i kind of think like is this is are we watching complete theater and people uh like everything that all of these celebrities are saying are really to because there's some energy trying to wake the normies with with this with a trickster element you know like so i mean how long is it going to take what if the because i think this sometimes like i don't know these people i don't i wasn't there when this was filmed i don't know joe rogan like we think we know what's going on what if the whole thing is just a huge fucking act and we're just you know because <laughs> unless i'm there i really i don't i don't know yeah i and like, how much do we really know, right? Like, and that's that's where humility comes into play. One of the fruits, yeah, of the Holy Spirit is humility. Well, that's that's one of the main fruits. Absolutely. It's like, uh, if you're not like willing to admit that you know nothing, but you still feel like you have wisdom, then you're you're, you're good to go. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I I said another time, it's like. Uh, you know, you, th you think you go up this building of knowledge, right? And you think that you are on the top floor. I got this figured out only to find that you're on the bottom floor of another building. Right. <laughs> and you just gotta keep it's, it's like the flat earthers, for example, like they fucking call people fucking morons and idiots for not believing flat earth. That's a fucking cult mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what prove it. <laughs> what do get some I don't know if it's man. flat. I don't know if it's round and I'll never know. Yeah, and you don't fucking know either. So shut the yeah. fuck up and stop being a dickhead to people that don't think the way that you do. Yeah, don't be a dick about it. Oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open to it. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm open to the fact that uh, it might be flat and it might be round. I don't fucking know. There might be space. I don't know. The Bible says it, there is a firmament. So. I'm more inclined to believe that because it's a holy text, right? Yeah, yeah. I do think NASA's full of shit. Um, that's all. That's, I, for, that's definitely for sure. Yeah. So that's like step one. You have to start questioning that. I think the Smithsonian is full of shit. You know, I think it's all part of the overarching control system. How far back oh. this goes? Like, how long have we been? Uh, programmed maybe since early media you know yeah. maybe maybe all of hollywood is always acting i heard somebody talking about you know brangelina bradgelina or whatever and i was like they were probably never even married they probably even never even met i mean actors yeah, act. they probably were just like it was a uh psyop to make people yeah. believe they were married and shit yeah they and it seems like every time one of these like, celebrities about celebrity, is, uh, you know, one of these celebrities are, are going through a divorce or there's some sort of drama. It's because it's an obfuscation of something else that's happening. Uh -huh. You know, oh, cue, you know, cue Lizzo. You know, now that like these, the, uh, the Biden witnesses out. You know, like there's always some like the UFO thing. You know, like cue the UFOs because, what if like every single bit of it is theater? None of it's real. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, I mean, so like <clears throat> all the world's a stage. That's that's what they say, right? It, all the world's a stage. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny account on Instagram, an Instagram called the Kerberbing. So it's like an 
uh, <laughs> it's a parody of Burger King. Oh, Kerber Bang. Okay. Yeah, and it says <laughs> it says it shows Lizzo playing a flute, and then it says Lizzo is being sued for allegedly forcing her dancers to eat cummy sticks out of out of sex workers' bees chuzzies. <laughs> I highly recommend you follow that account. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) There's another one that was like a bunch of like cinnamon buns and it was like covered in like, you know, like the the sauce and like the cream or whatever, right? And it's just like uh, arrows pointing. It says hot cum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What are we doing? Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. Mm. I mean, we are, li- we are living in clown world. So that's the part that makes me sort of think like, I mean, if we're not awake yet, you know, with some of the stuff, you know, I think one of them was uh, one, like one of them was so outrageous, like during the pride events and stuff, it was like this, you know, this drag queen and, and this, like all these little kids running around and, the drag queen lifts their skirt and then this something shoots milk all over the kids. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, I was like, people are, you're still not awake. Like you're not awake yet. Like how, how, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for people to go, wait, what are we doing? What are, exactly? Yeah. What are we doing? And, um, but the, the, the way they get us is a slow drip feed through generations. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like the kids, like I see a lot of fucking like 20 year olds and shit that I work with. And they're, they're like on my wave. They're like, they get it, you know? Yeah, and I'm surprised. Yeah. Like it took me 44 years. It only took you 20. God yeah, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's the, the indigo children, right? The ones that were born with just a, you know, <laughs> maybe uh, just uh, the, uh, you know, upgrade. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Here okay, we are. So I watched it tonight after so many people telling me I needed to watch it. it was, and actually, it was kind of hard for me to sit through because the people in the, what, what was it, the year 2500 or something like that, it was so upside down. Right. Like it, was, it was a little too much for me, and I didn't really find it that funny. Yeah, a little too goof, a little too goofball. Yeah. The one thing I did find funny was that Costco was like this massive fucking city. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like the the, the guy in Edward's story is like, he's a big fat guy's belly showing under his shirt. He's like, Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Oh my God. I love you. And that's basically what it is, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. This fucking clip I'm going to play right now is hilarious. Check this out. Hi. Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. What I do is just say, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a doctor. 
<laughs> too fucking funny. Oh yeah, yeah, they were onto something. I they mean, definitely I, were, and that's Mike Judge. Like he's the writer of like Beavis Butthead. Yeah, yeah. Space, and they, they had some, uh, similar actors from the movie as well, Office Space. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like, Luke, Luke Wilson is always fun to watch. Yeah, for real. But yeah, it was just, it was a really hard movie to take in because, yeah, it, it really does seem like the year 2500 or something like that is where we're, where we are at today. Yeah, all the... Uh, and that movie was made in 2006. Incredible. That's incredible. I didn't see it back then coming, but... Yeah, um, either it was predictive programming or the writing was on the wall, or both. Right. And I, <laughs> it's so funny. I wanted to get you on here to talk about dreams, and we, we were like completely going off on the rails already for an hour yeah it was organic you know i love it though that's the best thing but let's get into that so the conversation doesn't dwindle okay so back when i was you know researching the bible getting dogmatic all that kind of stuff you know uh, remaining completely celibate no masturbation no nothing because i thought any fucking wrong move i was going to hell you know wow <clears throat> yeah, I, I was, I've been through there, but um, I started having these really wild, uh, super vivid dreams that like when I woke up after it, I couldn't tell if it actually happened or if it did happen or not. Right. So, and uh, I just want to kind of get your your thoughts on these dreams. Um, we'll go through them. Uh, the ones that I can remember still. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, at this time I was kind of like hanging out a little bit with a street preacher in Toronto. And when I told him the dream I'm, I'm about to tell you, he gave me a bunch of biblical scripture that really resonated with me at the time. Um, and he was he was kind of breaking, like analyzing my dream with biblical scripture, right? So uh, this is a, around 20, no, no, sorry, 2010, <clears throat> 2010. So I had this dream where Barack Obama was giving a speech and I was standing in a crowd watching him give this speech to everybody in the crowd and he was on TV, all that kind of stuff. And then there was a screen, like a television, a giant television screen behind him. And uh, he was giving this speech. I, I don't even remember what the speech was about, but basically what happened was like on, on the monitor or the giant screen behind him, this really gross looking flesh kind of almost like intestinal like kind of came out of the TV and wrapped around him and engulfed him and everybody in the in the audience was like what the fuck is going on and then all of a sudden in the back left corner there was like a casket with a dead body in it and it 
arose and started attacking people. And then the girl that I was with, we started freaking out. Or no, she started freaking out. And everybody else around me was freaking out. And I, I was holding her and I said, don't worry, you're safe with me. Wow. And uh, so the street preacher, uh, if you're listening, um, his name was uh, Philip Thomas Ness. Uh, great guy. Super deep into the Bible. Gave up everything in his life, his company, to be a street preacher. It was wild. Wow. But, yeah, he was giving me biblical scripture about how, like, you know, he was how Obama was like the antichrist and he was like the man of flesh and this and that. This was back in 2010. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it kind of freaked me out. Like when I woke up from that dream, I was like, what the fuck was that dude? And it was so real. Like I felt like I was there. So yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Um, first of all, let me say, um, at the time that you were, uh, that you had this dream, you were, um, just a side note, when I was working, you know, pretty deeply with some shamanic initiations and some things like that, um, and also the ayahuasca, it's uh, when doing that, one of, one of the protocols is to abstain from any kind of sex, mm-hmm. um, but with yourself or somebody else or, you know, climax, anything like that. And the reason is because is difficult for many, many people these days. Uh, right. Well, also, you know, there, if you can get with that, we have a chakra system and, and, you know, to essentially kind of close, close down the, those energy fields so that mm-hmm. you can uh, ha- have the enlightened sort of experience with your third eye or crown chakra, that kind of thing. So closing down because these other initiations, you know, there's, you, there, there's fasting or uh, limited diet and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I think that's been misinterpreted by, uh, you know, th- through, um, you know, uh, the clergy or whatever, meaning that you're sinning if you are, abs- if you don't abstain or you masturbate or something. But really what I think is it when you're trying to achieve enlightened states to abstain is helpful because then ener- your energetic field is more focused on, you know, the, the psychic or the of consciousness and stuff. So I don't know. That's why I look at it more like, well, it's, it's not a sin, but if you're going to fast and try and commune with, with, you know, the higher realms, then you just want to abstain. So I, I just right. want to comment that. So, and also I find it interesting that that is what you were doing. You were, you were abstaining. Um, so that you were very likely more psychic when you um, had this dream. So I look at this dream as I, I don't know, Antichrist, Obama, you know, Antichrist, if, we, if earlier we were saying Christ is love, then anti-love, like, I mean, he seems like a, a, a creepy criminal, if you ask me, but, um, you know, it, uh, it more to, criminal, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so all, I wrote down the, the basic symbolism of that. To me, it actually sounds very precognitive because especially when you got to, you know, all of the stuff that you said in the beginning, the crowd, the TV, the screen, the monitor, um, you know, Obama, the intestinal flesh coming out, 
you know, he is, you know, is he one of the, is he a puppet or is he one of the, you know, control forces, maybe a little of both. But when you got to the point where you said over in the left corner, there was a casket and a dead body that rose, I wrote down zombie. Um, when, if, if this was a precognitive dream leading up into the, the times that we're going through now, we, we certainly, we just talked about zombies, you know, these NPCs or these people with no inner dialogue or That's these people right, walking yeah. around with like uh, <clears throat> hypodermic needles sticking out of their arm, whether they're drug addicts or whether they're overvaxxed or whatever, you know, we've, we've got a zombie uh, population. We've got some zombies walking around. Um, this person that you came across in your dream, you said you're safe. You told her you're safe with me. So you've navigated this apocalypse or this, you've navigated this time safely because of your awareness. And so if it was some sort of uh, pre-cognitive dream, you have been safe in this. And so, you know, that that's my biggest takeaway from that particular dream. The fact that it was so real and you know, essentially through this scary time, there's been a war for our flesh, you know, there's been a war on for our own personal flesh. And so, you know, what, whatever it is, if it's, you know, this fentanyl, uh, or if it's the vax, if it's all these things, people want our DNA, they want to mess with it. They want to change it, whoever they are. Um, but you've been safe. And um, I, I am curious, possibly, who you think maybe that person represented the person that you told that they'd be safe with you. Do you have an idea? Like what's no, I, know who, I know exactly who it was. It was, I was actually in a long distance relationship with her at the time. Okay. And she showed up in your dream. Yeah. Yeah. So she was essentially your love interest in a way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So might, might we also say if we're going to go deep symbolism that it might've been your uh, divine feminine side. Right. So anyway, that's my short take on it. Um, just based on everything you said, I think it's, I like, I like it because like, that's pretty much exactly what I thought about it over the okay. years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been like 13 years since I had that dream. Yeah. But those real ones, and, and with you, you know? Yeah, I can still see it. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a realm. It's a, yeah. it's an, it, it's a reality for you. It's a memory. So it's something that happened to, you know, that it's, 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 it's a memory that I've ha that I have Whitney, that it, it's more real to me than other memories that I've had right. in this life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Like how I can remember that so vividly. So vividly and so clear. Um, yeah. Uh, sort of, this is why, you know, you know, making a comment about the plant, plant medicines. I, you know, I could tell you, Oh, Davey, that was just a dream. And, but you know, it was more than a dream. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it something that's for life. And I, I believe that, and I'm going to tell you more dreams, but I believe that like the creator gives me these dreams for a reason. Yes. You know, mm hmm yeah. Whether whether I was in the into the Bible or not, I could have been a Hindu, uh, you know, um, about trying to balance my chakras by not masturbating or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The same thing, and the, 
we're we're all given these things for a purpose or for a reason yeah i believe that i believe that and we're all given the uh you know we've we've got a uh we've got a brain and we've got that produces dmt for a reason you know the the god particle it uh you know it's a portal for information and um to, to become enlightened and more aware and uh, to help others become more aware if they if they can vibrate on that frequency with you. Exactly. It's, it's like if people, I could go off on so many tangents, but I'm going to go to the next dream, okay? Yeah. Um, okay, so this one was me on the, on a grassy field and I was wearing white robes, a white robe. And I looked to the left of me and I saw like four other people in white robes. And we were standing on top of this hill and we looked down and it was a cityscape, but we, we looked down and there was a video game arcade down at, down at the bottom of the hill. And we all walked down there together. And we went inside this arcade and there was all these like punky kind of like trashy looking people and they were like really just like scum right and all at the same time we all opened our mouths and when we did this sound came out like i can't even describe it was almost like a like a deep uh horn sound like right mm -hmm. and then gold light came out of our mouths and evaporated all of these evil people whoa yeah and when i woke up from that dream i've i had this sense of uh not a sense but an actual feeling of euphoria mm. and yeah. that i went downstairs after when i woke up and I was looking at my mom and dad and I was hugging them. And I said, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. Like something I wouldn't usually do because I'm in a euphoric state. It was almost like I took a bunch of opiates. Mm -hmm. That's how it mm -hmm. felt. Right. Right. That's a very profound dream. Um, I almost feel like as opposed to symbolic or symbolism, that was just a straight up experience like that happened kind of thing uh, right. on some level you were doing light work. Um, because I think, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that sound carries frequency and healing, um, you know, sound is healing. So, you know, to, to take it back once again to my experience with the plant medicines, if you go to South America and you work with ayahuasca, the shamans, they sing what's called Icaros and it's medicine, medicine music because the actual vibration that comes out of their throats is uh, uh, channeled divine frequencies. So <clears throat> that's exactly what you did is you sung an Icaro and you, you turned dark to light with the Icaro. So, um, and funny too, is um, it's not uncommon in those medicine circles to wear all white because it, it, it uh, defines ceremonially from street clothes to holy clothes right so, you know of course it's it you know because of like the leftovers or that old show you know it's it seems a little culty but historically you know uh it represents a um 
you know, holy garb. So, and, uh, and also the holy garb is made from fabrics that keep our frequencies intact. Right. Because right. there's certain fabrics that uh, fuck up our frequencies. Like mm-hmm. um, in the Bible, it talks about how uh, you shall only wear, you shall, you shall, shall, shall not wear mixed fibers. Right. And I saw this video along like a couple of years back where this guy was saying that, you know, you should only wear, uh, I don't know, like pure cotton or something like that because mm-hmm. it, actually um elevates your frequency level interesting and and it's like for everybody who's like saying the bible is bullshit like no it's all fucking truth like the the thing that god said the creator said in these words has truth in them but you just gotta look deeper right so Mm -hmm. like i told somebody the other day like whenever I look at somebody who's wearing like Balenciaga logo or (laughs) Nike or whatever, I'm like, I I cringe. Right. And I'm just like, maybe we should just be wearing white robes with no mixed fibers, you know? Yeah. I think uh, Islam, uh, the uh, hardcore Islamists do, they, they wear their robes in public and it's like, why should we be right? They might be onto something and like the Amish and stuff like that. Like um, all these, these uh, customs and cultural things that are, are seen as old fashioned. um, They, they're old fashioned for a reason. Like they were here and they were around for a reason. Um, And we think we're so, we think we're so evolved and modern um, here in this, you know, fall of the Republic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny. It's like, what are people going to think of me if I wear white robes? I shouldn't give a shit, really, you know? Yeah. I shouldn't give a shit. Just like me having to get over my fear of speaking on my podcast, I had to get over that fear. Like, maybe I should just wear cloth with no mixed fibers. Like, why not, right? Yeah, why not? Do you? Uh, no, like the, the, the Nike, Balenciaga, all child sex trafficking, child slave labor. Why would you want any part of that? Why? If you were, yeah. Right? Well, if you wear the white robes with no mixed fibers, then you're not having any part of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember George Carlin had a bit about like, what a bunch of suckers we are that we wear these designer clothes, these designer clothes with their name on like our ass or on our, you know, like a Calvin Klein, just walking around advertising for these, uh, these people who we uh, worship, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And like, you know, George Carl. So he's a fucking legend. Yeah. He was totally out of his time. Yeah, one of his rants, you know, one of his great rants that are like remember the funny but not funny ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. He probably like made a lot of people laugh, but he also probably made a lot of people like give their head a shake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to think we we're a lot more awake back in the 70s. Um, yeah, oh for sure, for sure. Programming just like we've been progressively going into clown world, right? So of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, the old way, 
the old ways are the better ways, in my opinion. I wonder too, like on that, I wonder if like, because the programming has gotten so thick and so heavy, like just using like the, uh, the 70s to like now, like I'm old enough to have been, have watched Saturday Night Live back then. And that, they were like, that show was kind of speaking some truth. It's, it's completely unwatchable now. It's just so over the top. Oh, in the, I think uh, by the mid or late 90s, that's when I dropped off of it. Yeah. So doesn't that kind of feel like they're, they, you know, the, the, uh, the, whoever the puppet masters are, uh, are losing control because it's so over the top. So oh, if it, sure. if they were if they were still in control, we would all just no one would be having this conversation at the moment. So, yeah, um, I, I def, I'm in the camp where they're losing control. Yeah, me too. Um, and that that gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and we're keeping... that's me, like I like I told you earlier, like I'm I don't give into the fear porn. I'm more of a hopeful person, right? Yeah, keeping the pill red, not black. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, this well, next dream, yeah, this next one is a is a doozy. Uh, it's kind of short, but the only thing I remember, it was vivid. But the thing that I remember is that I was in like um like a you know like a butcher's freezer where like the the carcasses are hanging off the hooks. Yeah, yeah. So I was in there and I was talking to this one guy. And I was trying to get through this door, but he was guarding it. And I was like, no, I got to get, I got to get through this door, dude. And he's like, okay, don't worry. Just go through the door. And I'm like, okay, cool. Cause I thought he, he looked like really strange, but then I was like, he just let me through. And then all of a sudden I was in like um, a bunch of office areas with like computers and like cubicles and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm wearing white robes, a white robe, and I got the Holy Bible in my hand, and it's laid out in my hands like, you know, when you have a book in your hands with both of your hands, and it's open, Mm -hmm. and I, I was reading it, and while I was reading it, these neon colored words were shooting out of it like purple it was purple and it was they weren't words it was more like symbols okay and they were shooting out and there was muslims on the other side of me and they were they had the quran open and their words were coming at me in neon green Mm. and it was a battle of words whoa and but the words were like clashing in in, in the uh, in the air, right? Oh and stuff like. That. But it was like when I woke up from that, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" You know? Whoa! Wow! It. I mean, that's okay. So, huh, I'm not sure on that one. Like, what was your? Because you said battle. Did you feel? that one well, was good and one was evil or it was yeah, I think I was feeling that like Christianity at the time was the only way. Ah, okay. So maybe while they were reading their Quran, their words were battling against my biblical words, right? Well, how did you feel 
at that time in your life about Islam? Because you may not feel that way now. No, um, I honestly had no idea. Either way. Um, yeah, like I never researched it or anything, right? But like now in my life, I believe it's the same thing. Okay, so yeah. maybe you had a curiosity that you felt guilty about, perhaps. Interesting that you're so specific about the colors. Um, purple versus yeah, purple green. And green. Yeah, it's very, it was so neon. And the, they weren't words, it was symbols on both sides, like clashing. Like an old, like... Um, movie with like two magicians going at it no i was just gonna say like, like uh harry potter and um dumb I mean, right and um voldemort you know with the yeah. um the bright wand things you know like just a, a epic battle um yeah so if you that i mean i tend to think if if you didn't tell me the other dreams the other two dreams feel very precognitive or very uh, very psychic. Um, this one I feel like feels a little more personal and symbolic in possibly you battling your um, maybe even subconscious guilt about having curiosity about other religions, possibly. Um, it's just my first thought. Um, but, you know, uh, the freezer is weird. The butcher's freezer. So Yeah, that was strange. Know. Like you were being either a self-imposed cold prison, uh, you know, or uh, and who was this guide that said you can open you can open this prison anytime. You're not trapped here. Like he, you, he seemed to be to me in the dream. He was like the butcher or like the owner of the butcher shop. Yeah, butcher. You know, that's somebody that cuts things up, cuts up the flesh. Um, and hangs it up on the hooks and hangs it on the hooks and and like for me when i think if, if i am trying to you know project how i would feel if i was in a freezer with some guy with the door closed i would feel claustrophobic like what where is this going to go am i going to freeze to death am i going to be hung up on that who who is this why am i actually enclosed in this um cold environment um, and then to like open into one that was like, uh, sounds like the battling of religions essentially here in the, in the, in the 3d realm, um, w symbolically for you, where you were with your religious studies. Um, that's what it kind of feels like to me. That would be my first surface kind of, um, but then, you know what I wrote down too, like the office cubicles you know, moving into an office area. Like, is that your, you had mentioned earlier when we were talking about like working for a corporation or, you know, that the prison of that kind of. Um, so uh, it, it, it definitely, uh, in, you know, describes or uh, illustrates a higher religious thinking mind. That's not the average dream of just Joe Schmo. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Um, it, it, have you, and so of you, course, at the time, at the time, I, I, like I said, I, I was being very, my mind was trapped in a dogmatic way of thinking. I was mm. judging everybody around me and this mm. and that. Maybe that was it. You know, maybe that was this battle of your judge, judgmental mind, uh, you know, it was doing battle in your subconscious. Do you, um, do, 
were the symbols that you saw, were there anything that you recognized from waking life in terms of religion or was it just, um, you just- No, honestly, it was just like a bunch of ancient symbols that I couldn't decipher. Wow. If you saw them again, would you go, oh my God, that was from my dream or no. you kind of got, okay. I was just wondering yeah. like, what if they were Sanskrit or something like that? It almost looked more like um, hieroglyphics. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, you know, like the Ankh symbol. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, life of the Egyptians. Yeah. So that, I think I saw some some of those in there. But to be honest, I, I can't recollect everything that I saw. Yeah. Almost like uh, some Hall of Records stuff. Um. Yeah, very interesting. Very and somebody, I was listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about how, like, um, no, sorry, it wasn't a podcast. It was a good friend of mine, a, a guest that I had on, and she was saying that the, the jinn, they don't have eyes, so they don't see, they can't see, like, words. They can't read, but they can recognize symbology. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That was very interesting. And it kind of brought me back to my uh, the dream that I just just told you about. Hmm. It's like holy shit! Like when I was when I and, and she was saying that how like uh, a jinn is assigned to every human being, but once the human being dies, the jinn is free to uh, roam the world. Wow! Yeah. yeah. Shout out to uh, Amanda Rose. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, it, almost as if like you might've been doing some psychic battle, um, like in all of these dreams and on mm -hmm. some, some realm doing some light work, um, psychic battle. Um, yeah. Do you, you still dream as much? Oh, I dream every night. Oh really? So, and you write not, not, uh, as vivid as the ones I had back then, but I still dream every night, and a lot of them are still. I I can still ruminate them, ruminate on them throughout the day, mm -hmm. but I won't really remember them as much as I do the very vivid ones. Right? Are you interested in doing any dream work, like possibly you know, like doing a fast and abstaining and I maybe gonna do that again yeah and maybe uh, give yourself a, a pre-suggestion of revisiting one of those dreams from the past for more answers I'd right. be curious if you you know my problem right now i think is um alcohol oh okay um yeah i'm really into alcohol like beers at night and stuff but like when mm -hmm. i get from work and even when i go to my podcast oh yeah yeah, but, um, like, well, okay, so here's, here's the thing about, here's the thing about that though, is, um, that that's like just saying this, that statement is sort of a self-limiting statement. You've you're already telling yourself that because of the alcohol, then you won't have any psychic dreams or you won't be able to tell. And I sort of feel like it's, you are a psychic. We all are. We all have these do whatever you're going to do. Like how I'm probably suppressing myself in a way. Right. Well, in, in, my waking, in, my like, waking state, in my waking state, Whitney, like I just feel like it amplifies my happiness because yeah. I am a happy person like pretty much all day, every day. Right.
but like when I drink, I'm just like even more happier. Like I don't get <laughs> violent. I don't get belligerent or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But my, my husband doesn't drink a lot, but when he does, God damn it. He's the funniest freaking guy. You know, like nine times out of 10 on my podcast, I'm like crossfading. So I take THC oil <laughs> and I get, I'm, I'm on my third beer right now. So I guess my point is don't let your thoughts about what other people tell you about the beers that you like, uh, how that stops you. You uh, do it anyway. Like, uh, fine, you've had a couple beers. Still give yourself a suggestion about the dream. Like, it, it's only, my point being, it's only stopping you because you say it's stopping you. You don't have to do a fast. You don't have to abstain. You don't have just tell yourself. You give yourself the suggestion, like, I do what I want. I'm my own shaman. I have a couple beers. Fuck it. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah not like, you know, I just said that it is one way. It's not the only way, you know, like you are who you say you are. If, if, you know, because I have known people that it just like that, you know, it, it, it only matters if you say it matters. So if tonight mm -hmm. you give yourself the suggestion tonight, I'm going to do some dream work. I don't care if I've had a couple beers, you know, <laughs> it's the suggestion. It's your intention. Uh, I could pray about it before I go to bed. Like, hey, a uh, hey, creator, give me some prophetic dreams tonight, okay? Love yeah, you. Or yeah, love, yeah, you know? that's that's yeah. it. It's the love you at the end. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's your intention. It's in the light. It's and of the light. People gotta start talking to God like he's he's actually there and he's a friend. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, just like a casual conversation. You don't have to be like, oh Lord. Uh, you know how like the Christians yeah. pray? They're always like. Lord, just bless this person because uh, you know they're the best, and you, you, your love is so great. And blah blah blah. blah, blah you know, it's like, it's, no, dude, yeah. talk to talk to God like He's like right there in front of your face, and be like, yo, dude, I fuck, I fucking love you, man. Like, you know, he he's gonna forgive you, right? Because he's all loving Creator, and he forgives you. That's right. You're yeah, you're a part of Him. How? Why would He ever? You know. Exactly. And that's how I have my relationship with the creator. Insane. And it's, it's, it's wild, dude. Oh, yeah. so one more, I think one more dream and okay. then we'll try to wrap it up. Sounds but good. I, have, I have way more though. <laughs> well, let's do it again sometime. Yeah. Cool. Cool. For sure. Okay. So this one is so crazy. Okay. It was, um, I was at like a, I entered a, a bar, like a pool hall kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And when I entered in, there's a bunch of bikers and they all looked at me funny. Like they're just like, like I was walking up to the pool table and they, they all just like kind of stopped what they were doing and looked at me. They're like, well, that's funny. Carry on people, you know? And then, uh, I went up to the bar and some weird woman was there and she turned around on her bar stool and she looked at me and I didn't even like, I just looked at her and like, whatever, I just want a beer. So I, it's a good segue with the beer thing, but um, she, um, I was just like, I, I ignored her and then I ordered a beer and I got the beer and then I, kind of stood back watching these bikers play pool. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they all turned to me and they had fangs in their mouths. Mm. 
And I was like, holy shit. So I dropped my beer and I ran out. And all of a sudden I was in like a theater area where one of my favorite bands was playing a concert. And all these people in the crowd turned their heads to me and they were all fucking vampires and they're running running after me at a really quick pace. And I was gunning it and trying to get out of there like trying to save my life, like running away from these horde of vampires. And that mm. was very vivid too. Oh, wow. So um, I feel like I've even made the analogy of like uh, vibration, you know, when you go into a dive bar, uh, it's a different vibration than when you go into say an ashram, <laughs> you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you know, if you're going to pick up a, a dark passenger, a dive bar is a pretty good place or, right. you know, someplace where there's, uh, and that, that is, you know, it is an interesting segue about, you know, talking about beer. Uh, you know, I would say a couple beers, one thing, too many beers, then you're psychically open. Right. 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 Like, like if you pass out drunk or if, you know, uh, you know, have a yeah, uh, no control over yourself. You don't have control over your meat suit. So you're uh, potentially allowing somebody else to come in and take control. And I think that that is true, even with uh, some psychedelics, you know, if I, I, you know, whatever, or whatever substance that is not done in moderation. Um, I, I think that you open yourself up to um, vampires, essentially. Um, and then you're that that might have been your subconscious kind of telling you like where your um, where your energy energy feel you're too high vibration for that kind of thing. So um, because those sound like things that could easily happen, you know, like they're not all that symbolic. You're in a play in the wrong place for your vibration. And uh, at that time, though, Whitney, I I felt like because I, I had this was when I had the uh, the brain injury from the SSRI, right? Wow. I felt very low vibrational, but I was praying all the time to Christ mm -hmm. to help me get out of this uh, situation that I was in with my losing my own self, right? Right. Yes. And so is it possible that he helped you help yourself? He helped I believe so. He helped I don't you think run away, run out of that bar, run away from that concert, run away from the darkness. He helped, he helped you. You didn't, he didn't do it for you. In other words, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you, through your faith, um, you had to symbolically go through the experience of leaving the, the vampires behind. So Absolute sheer terror. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like a full night terror, you know, did yeah. again, doing like the battle of light and dark, the as above, so below the dreamscape, you know, but you showed yourself that you did, you didn't succumb to the evil and right. you have that in your personal mythology, your personal zeitgeist, you know, yourself as someone that um, rebuked the evil and you know in your waking life praying and pleading and uh you know 
asking for the light of Christ in your heart. And then in the, in the nighttime battle, you showed yourself that uh, in the astral, that's what exactly what you did. Rebuke the darkness. If that makes sense. That's, that's my take on that dream. It's there, there's no symbolism. It's straight up, straight across a uh, battle of light and dark. And you, you know, you staked your flag in the side of the light. You didn't succumb where you could have. Right. But it's you so didn't. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are some wild ass dreams. I, like, I mean, I, 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 I can't even really like describe to you what I see either. Like even the people who are listening right now, if you're sticking it out with us, I can't even describe fully what I saw because it was so, there was so much detail and I'm still yeah. seeing it right now in my mind's eye. Right. Mm -hmm. right? This, um, the, this sounds like a realm, you know, this is one of the dimensions. Yeah. Have visited and visited. I think there's many, and um, we have many ways to get there. And and uh, you're a, a natural dreamer, a natural you know dream walker. Very shamanic. <clears throat> yeah, I believe that because I've spoken to people a lot about dreams, and they say I I don't dream. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I dream all the time, every fucking night, dude. <laughs> Like every night, you know, yeah. but like, yeah. like when I was knee deep in the Bible, that's when I was having these super vivid dreams. Right. And I don't know, maybe I need to like start looking at the word more, you know, like I, I hate saying the word because it's not the word. All the holy texts are the word, you know? Yeah. Read. People have like this thing where like they're, they're stuck in this, box that they're in like this religiosity box right oh you know? and oh yeah my god what's crazy you're feeling, what you're feeling called to and if you're called to one of the other religious texts then then read some of that and even if it's you know because you did such a deep dive before maybe it, but you've healed from so much of that maybe it's not necessarily uh, as deep a dive maybe it's just uh you know a little in the morning or a little in the evening maybe it's five minutes maybe it's 20 minutes i don't know you know right. if, if you feel called to it um uh and that that might be what it takes to keep you on a vibration to continue that you know davy wavy the uh walker between worlds you know <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> I really love that a lot. Like, because that's what I feel like, you know, like I feel like I'm just like the Bible says, I think it was, I think it was Paul who said it. Maybe it might've been Jesus, but he said, we're in the world, but we're not of it. So yeah. we're like world walkers, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's beautiful to me. And that's what gives me peace. It's like, I, I just I just feel content in my daily life. Like I, I work this nine to five job for a corporation, but like the people that I interact with makes my life so much better. You yeah. know, even the younger people that I work with, they kind of look up to me a little bit. They might think I'm a little bit nuts with how I speak and my wisdom that I give them, but all in all, it just like I just love people and yeah, you, know, you make a difference. Yeah, I think that's what it is, man. Like I think it's like love thy neighbor, right? Like mm -hmm. you know, treat people like how you want to be treated, and then 
that's all there is to it, really. The golden rule, right? Yeah, it sums up all the Ten Commandments. It does. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think that's a good way to wrap up. What do you? Okay, think? man, this was so fun. Yeah, I, I'm so happy you came back. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy you asked. Cool. So, Whitney, tell the cartel where they can find you and give your links or whatever it is. I'll put it in the show notes, but just vocalize it. Sure. Okay. Yep. I have an IG and it's at TricksterFox7. And then I have a website and it's uh, WhitneyFoxMedium.com. So I'd love to hear from anybody. Somebody wants to shoot me a, a message or something. I love hearing from people. So yeah, this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I might get you back on again for more of the dreams that I had. There's so much actually I wanted to like uh, talk to you about, but I just, we're not really running out of time, but we're running short of time. But yeah, well, I'll, I'll get you back on for the, okay. the yeah. uh, sequel of the sequel. For sure. Let's do it. Looking okay, cool. Yeah. And I can wholeheartedly say that, like all of my guests, I can just say, I love you. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I love you right back. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so very much for once again tuning in to the Red Pill Cartel. This is your beloved goat, Nigel the Goat speaking. And, uh, you know, we want to thank you for once again uh, tuning in. And as always, you know, uh, you, you, you listeners are uh, very good at uh, listening and uh, hanging in there from time to time with Davey and I, you know. But we, uh, we really hope you enjoyed the episode with uh, Mrs. Whitney Fox. And indeed, she is a fox. You know what I'm saying, baby? Yeah, I hear you, bro. Just relax. Don't get your goat dick or not. Easy, Davey. I'm, I don't have a boner or anything, but uh, anyway, uh, we really hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, we uh, we would uh, really appreciate, you know, if you shared the show with your friends and family, and we would like also for you to give us a five-star review or whatever your heart commands on uh, Spotify or or Apple Podcasts, you know? Nigel, what are you doing? You look like you're going to puke. Uh, I'm okay, David. Don't worry. Anyway, um, yeah, give those five-star reviews and leave comments and, uh, you know. I think Nigel had a bit, a bit too much tequila tonight. Shut up, David. I'm okay. I'm okay. Whew, Nigel is okay. Anyway, uh, we love you very much, Cartel. And uh, if you want to support the show, click all the links in the show notes or what have you. And go follow Whitney as well. And we love you very much. And you know what Nigel always says, right? <laughs>